What's up, everybody? Welcome to Full Spectrum Universe. Tonight is a special evening. Tonight is our first episode on the Global Enlightenment Radio Network. A little bit after we do a little bit of the intro, we're going to actually pull up the website so everybody can see it. It's a great, great family. I uh, also want to say a quick congratulations to Melinda Rescue Melinda Williams, who is now also a part of the family. Congratulations. You've earned it. You're great at your craft. You are amazing at what you do. So tonight, we're actually going to get into an episode that's going to be really wild. It's going to leave you with a lot more questions than answers, but it has to be tackled. You know, uh, us being researchers, we like to go into things. So tonight, we're going to be talking about dreams. I hope you're ready for this. Let's go to the intro. Ah, seems to be a technical difficulty with the uh, intro. Anyway, we'll do it on another show, I guess. It's not bad. Of course, first episode live on a new network. Of course, there would be some uh, intro, some intro issues, right? So tonight we're going to go about dreams. We're going to talk about a lot of things. Okay, we're going to get real, real crazy. We're going to get real enlightened about it. We're going to go over what dreams are, what dreams have been throughout history, and what. Dreams are as of today with science and things like that. So the first thing I want to go over is actually the definition of dreams. And uh, the definition of dream is a succession of images, ideas, emotions, or sensations that usually occur involuntary in the mind during certain stages of sleep. Now, we know that you can, you can dream throughout all stages of sleep, but it's... It's a little bit different. We're talking about dreams that, that are real lucid in a sense. We'll go into what a lucid dream is or a nightmare, a deja vu. There's so many aspects of what this, this actually is. And the funny thing about it is that nobody can really put their finger on what they mean. So that's, that, that's going to be the other side of it. You know, there's a lot of science involved. Of course, of course, everybody wants to go science route. But what's crazy is, is that nobody really knows what these dreams like let's say you see something and uh you know it's it, 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 just to to go about it when you when you're looking at what those dreams mean you know there's people in dreams there's places in dreams there's events that happen in dreams and and nobody really knows what those mean you know they've perceived what they mean throughout history but nobody can really sit back and definitively say this is what it is this is what it is you know so, you know, I went through a, a couple of different things about it, and uh, I have a lot of notes. We're going to do a lot of reading off notes today because there's just too much information for anybody, anybody to just sit back and, and absorb and remember it all. Unless you're actually a scientist who delves in the, in the policies of dreams, that's the only way you're really going to know it. So the content and purpose of dreams is not fully understood, although they have been that has been a topic through scientific philosophical and religious interests throughout recorded history and we're going to start right at the beginning all the way back to ancient Sumeria so knowing that you know everything is going to be uh it, it it's going to get wild so you, you just got to bear with it go with everything and uh we're gonna we're really gonna we're gonna put things into perspective for you so dream interpretation is the attempt at drawing meaning from dreams and searching for an underlying message and the scientific studies of dreams is called one urology. Okay, one urology. 
pretty pretty in depth. That's getting down to the science of it. Dreams mainly occur in the rapid eye movement stage of sleep. And what that is is when you see people and they're actually dreaming and they're dreaming heavy, their eyes flutter. You'll see their eyes move just like that. And it means that they're actually going through a dream. Or let's say you have a dog, right? Any Everybody's seen their dog sit down, lay down, go to sleep, and he starts running in the middle of his dream. His legs start going. Dogs and animals go through this rapid eye movement sleep as well. So it's not just prone to humans or uh, a humanoid nature. It's literally in almost all animals they, that, that have that, uh, that aspect. You know, some, of course, some insects. I don't know if they dream. We're not sure. But little same, you know, gorillas, monkeys, dogs, cats, they all go into this, into this dream. And, and one of the things that you want to think about while you're thinking about this is, you know, it, are dreams really some people say that those types of animals have souls. So are dreams really the perception of your soul, let's say imprinting through memories or a continuation of reality is the soul. What gives you that dream? Because a lot of the things that dreams are based off of is emotion. So they say it takes a certain type of creature to have specific emotions. So, of course, we know dogs get angry, cats get angry. They all have emotions. Uh, tigers get angry. You know, a lot of different things have emotions. So dreams can be based, they can be based on a lot of emotion. So emotion is, is a huge factor when you're talking about dreams because good emotions, bad, mo- bad emotions, or emotions, good emotions, bad emotions, you know, really what it comes down to is that's what's going to perceive what your dream is going to be when you fall asleep. When you have, you know, when you have all these different emotions coming to the forefront, coming to the forefront, it's going to interpret where you go via your dreams. You know, it's going to be a continuation of that. So, you know, there's so much that goes with it. It's it's such a deep, deep, deep subject. So, uh, like I said, you're more likely to have it in the uh, rapid eye movement dreams. And then in other stages... You can have them as well. But during the rapid eye movement stage, it's they're more vivid. They're more likely to be recognized and or uh, perceived as something than just like a, a quick thought or, or something like that. So, you know, there the, the, the thing is, too, is that you can start with a dream and it can be 30 seconds, lucid, vivid, whatever the case. But it can also run up to 30 minutes. So you're at you know, you're at time's mercy. Well. We'll get to time later and how time is, you know, it's all relative. It's kind of fluid, but, you know, it can be up to 30 minutes. So you could be in the worst dream ever and not get out of it for 30 minutes. You could be in the best dream ever and you only get it for 30 seconds. So it, it's a give and take. It's very, very, you're very susceptible to get vivid dreams during, like I said, that rapid eye movement. Ones that you really, you might remember or you might feel some type of way about. So, you know, people usually have three to five dreams a night, maybe not the dreams of the rapid eye movement dreams, but three to five total. Some people have up to seven dreams. Now, I know what you're all thinking, too, is, you know, sometimes you remember dreams, sometimes you don't. You'll wake up and you'll say, you know, I don't remember anything from last night. And then there's sometimes you wake up and you're like, holy cow, I said, I. I swear I, I I could remember every specific detail of that dream. It felt real. Those dreams felt real. Oh, we're going to get into what that is. And it's pretty, it, 
there's a lot that goes with that too. But, you know, like I said, again, your emotions play a crazy, crazy big key of what, what does that, you know, and it's going to be, it's, there's a, a lot of point to, so we're going to go into a little bit of it, but we're going to start with history. Oh, one more thing. Another thing I wanted to say is that there's anybody who wants to join this conversation, we're going to do it this way right now, okay? We're going to make this an open conversation. So if there's somebody out there who feels strongly about this subject and they really want to come on and they really want to talk about it, I'm more than happy to you. Send me a message on Facebook and I will. what I will do is I will give you the, the link to get into studio and we can go all in. We could talk about everything. Uh, I've got a lot to go through here, but I know I, it, it, this is for everybody. This is a subject that everybody can literally uh, have some input on. So we're going to go through some history of dreams, right? Opinions about the meaning of dreams have varied and shifted through cultures. Okay. There's different aspects of time, religion. Uh, there's certain uh, philosophical differences between what people thought dreams were. And we're going to go into quite a bit of it. Now, the one, the place I started with this was basically the beginning of written history. <clears throat> dreams have been uh, dialogued or put into some kind of some kind of file to be stored away, or at least put in writing. Okay, they were put, it's been put in writing since the beginning of written history or the beginning of what we consider mainstream considers time. Okay. We can get into the differences whether you believe that there were civilizations before the civilization. What I'm just focusing on at this juncture of the episode is basically the beginning of time that we know of recorded history. So just let's keep that in mind. So the ancient Sumerians in Mesopotamia, they have left evidence of dreams, interpretations dating back to at least 3100 BC. Now, if you're like myself, you know, we all know that that Human history definitely predates 3100 BC. And it's funny, too, because a lot of mainstream media outlets that when they talk about history, they say, oh, it goes back 12,000 years. Blah, blah, blah. That's a false. That's a false because they found actual pottery. They found cave paintings. They found a bunch of different things that date back well before 12,000 years. Whether they want to admit that, that's a different story. Different story altogether. So. Throughout Mesopotamian history, dreams were always held to be extremely important for the division, uh, divin sorry, divination, okay? Divination is the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means, okay? Just so we get an understanding of what that is. Like oracles, prophets, and the Mesopotamian kings paid close attention to this. Now, when we get into the Greeks and what they actually did, it's going to get it's going to get a little bit different because, you know, as time goes on, you see that dreams or prophets, shall we say, they can make or break regimes. OK, they can make or break empires. So some people think that dreams are important. Some people don't think that they are very important throughout history. They were deemed super, super important. OK, super important. A lot of people took it religious, like as they're part of their religion. So, you know, it, it's crazy. But just to give you an example of what that is, in Gueda, the king, a guy named Gueda, the king of the Sumerian city-state of Lagash, and this is uh, 
He reigned from 2140, 2144 BC to 2124 BC, rebuilt the temple of Nigarishu as the result of a dream in which he was told to. His idea was his gods came down and they told him to build a temple. Now, maybe the pyramids were built like that. Some of the greatest wonders of, of what we see now of specific locations, temples, cities, uh, just religious prophecies or things like that, that. Dreams had a phenomenal impact, a very profound impact on these things. So, you know, it, it it's... It's even you can even hear about dreams in literature and some of the oldest, oldest stories that we have. It played a major role in those two, like the uh, the standard Akkadian Epic of Gilgamesh. We all know what the Epic of Gilgamesh is. It plays a huge role in uh, ancient astronaut theories. Uh, basically, the way that, that history unfolded itself at that time and on numerous accounts of the prophetic power of his dreams, Gilgamesh and his, his dreams told him to encounter a giant. Okay. Which his name was Humbaba and Humbaba was a big giant that Gilgamesh actually fought and killed kind of like a David and Goliath, which actually this story could coincide with a David and Goliath. If you're looking at the religious texts of the Bible, this also brought him in contact with the gods Anu and Lil and Shamesh who condemned him to death. And it also helped him visit the underworld. Okay. Now this is another aspect of dreams that we're going to, we're going to go over more later. And you know, what it is, is that they say you can visit different realms, different places in your dreams, which goes along with a lot of things that nowadays that are astral projection, uh, cognitive ability to see other things or, or other places, piercing veils, being able to see, different entities, whether they be uh, a ghost or possibly an interdimensional being. Some people actually have that happen during their dreams. So there's a lot that, like I said, dreams is huge. The subject of dreams goes beyond anything you can fathom. And like I said, too, there's no answers. This is only questions that we have that literally we're going to have more questions by the time we finish. And when we like when I get into the part where I start really pontificating of what I think dreams are, it's going to get a little bit more. It's going to get a little bit more crazy, you know, and uh, this is it's just a wild subject. And, you know, what? It's funny, too, because I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? It's my first episode on a brand new network. I got to come out of the box swinging. OK, just like I was talking about on uh, the show we did last night on the Global Enlightenment Radio Network. I was like, oh, man, you know, we were talking about we brought up dreams a little bit. and We talked about it and we had so many different uh, ideologies there that we could discuss this specific subject from so many points of view. OK, we had a shaman. We had a reverend. We had two. We had uh, two other people besides myself that just have a ton of knowledge on what, uh, you know, the metaphysics. And things like that. So we looked at it from a bunch, a, a total bunch of different, like a lot of different directions. And, and to me, it was one of the most fascinating conversations we've had. And I actually put it up on Full Spectrum University uh, on the group page. But I also put it on my Facebook page because these types of, of lectures or conversations need to be had. 
and people need to open their eyes into what's really out there because there's so much out there we can't explain. So with that being said, uh, you can see that dreams during this time period were also seen as means of seeing into other worlds. Like I said, underworlds, uh, future realms. And now the thing about going into different worlds too is like, you know, it, it, it gets wild. It gets wild because like I said, I'm going to go into it more further, but you know, we you could essentially run the gambit of time through your dreams. You can dream of the future. You can dream of the past. And that's, what's to say that your consciousness isn't actually teleporting to that place because like, well, like I said, we'll break it down later. I'm going to get too far right now. We're just going to go into a conversation and get right off topic. I want to give you all the facts that I know first and the information so we can go about that intelligently later and speak about it. So in ancient Egypt, as far back as 2000 BC, the ancient Egyptians wrote down their dreams on papyrus. People with vivid and significant dreams were thought to be blessed or were considered special, which has happened also throughout history people who have this prophetic ability to understand their dreams or to capture the motives of their dreams are thought to be held in a higher regard i'm going to keep saying this all night you know dreams have made and broken regimes they've made or broken villages they've made or broken religions so dreams are are super super important okay they also thought dreams were like oracles, bringing messages from the gods. They also thought this to be the best way to get divine uh, revelations. So what they would do, and you're going to hear about this a lot in history too, is they would induce dreams by laying on special beds called dream beds in hopes of receiving the gods' messages, right? So they believed in a multi-pantheon of, of gods. So their specific gods, they would pray to lay down in a bed and they would focus a lot of their energy on these gods in hopes that these gods would send them a message, send them a sign, send them something that they could use. And they believed that they were contacted by their gods. So, I mean, we can't say that they weren't because, first off, we weren't there. Many of us weren't there. Some of us have in past life regressions. They can know that they were an ancient Egyptian, but, you know, most of us have to take their word for it. So at that time, does it mean that there was multi-gods uh, sending messages or we don't really know what it is, but these people believe that they got messages. So personally, I believe that that's what it was, you know, and it's, it's wild to think that, that they actually had these messages that, that they could go back to their society and tell them, look, oh, uh, Osiris just messaged me. There's a flood coming, you know, and then they would prepare for a flood. And it's funny, too, because in a lot of these ancient texts and these ancient writings, you hear that something like that happened. You would hear, oh, there's a great flood coming. Something's coming. You know, the the invading army of uh, of somebody was on its way and then they would do battle. So, you know, wars have been fought over dreams, too. Conquest was huge in ancient times, huge. With the Romans, the Greeks, conquest was a big deal. So did they, a lot of them say that they had visions of taking over the world. And I'm going to actually get into a separate subject here. And, you know, it's funny because meditation and states of meditation, raising your vibrations can lead to dreams, too. 
I didn't go this far into the future because I felt like only stop uh, only stepping on like the ancient people would be, would have been uh, beneficial for this lecture. But there's this there's this moment, okay? George Washington before America was it was in the Revolution. We were being taxed by uh, by England. We wanted our independence. We had already set up the Declaration of Independence. The Constitution was on its way. George Washington was a an amazing tactitioner. He was a general in in the uh, English army and the British army, but he was also now the head general of the uh, of the uh, Continental Congress Army, which was what the governments that were set up before we actually had the actual government. They were the ones that were vying for our independence. And he came to a crossroads. Okay. And some say that, that this specific incident is uh, alien intervention. They don't know. But this man had what came to a crossroads and he was looking left or right. So he closed his eyes and decided to go left. Left took him into the woods. When he got into the woods, he sat by a tree, closed his eyes and was imagining the war that was going to come or the battle that was coming up. And what he saw was a topographical map of the United States, okay? Now, at this time, maps of the United States, we haven't gone all the way west yet. So people don't know what that all looks like. They can't, they can't, no topographer can sit there and say, this is what it is. There's rivers here, there's rivers there. Nobody knew, okay? So with that being said, he sees the United States and he sees raindrops fall on this map. And every time a raindrop fell, it became his city, okay? New York City, Chicago, it, it, uh, Tallahassee, Florida, Washington State. He saw Los Angeles, and he writes about this in his journal. So some people say it was an alien interaction, giving him knowledge of the future. Some people say that it was divine intervention by God. And some people sit back and say he was dreaming. But at that moment, he was actually dreaming of the future. So you can see your, your consciousness can transcend time in these dreams. Just a thought. That was an extra story. I was off the top of the head. I hope, uh, I hope it makes sense. I hope it makes sense. So now we get back to history. Now we're going into ancient China. Okay. We're going to different points on the globe, but we're going to touch on. Okay. So Mesopotamia, we know, is closer to the Middle East. But in China, the Chinese history, people wrote of two vital aspects of the soul. One is which was freed from your body during slumber to journey into a realm while the other remained in your body. So it's basically saying that your soul split into two. Okay. It's split into two. And what it did was one side went to the dream world and one side stayed grounded in, uh, in I guess reality we could call it or in the physical, in the physical now. So, this is, this is going to go into Hinduism, too, because Hinduism is very much like this. But we're going to touch on that a little bit later when we get to the religion side of it. But this is this is a crazy aspect, because if you're an astral, somebody who astral projects, you know that there is a moment when you're in your meditation. And what you do is you imagine tree roots grabbing the, the bottom half of your body, because when your soul mitigates from your body and raises up so you can go somewhere 
you have to keep a portion of yourself grounded. Okay. You have to be grounded. Otherwise you won't make it back to your body and you'll be lost. You'll be lost out there somewhere. So with that being said, it's uh it's 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 wild. You know, it's a wild thing that 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 would be what that means. And for me, it's uh I just think that uh that that's that's pretty crazy because as you get into some spiritual aspects now, they are actually taken from those specific ideologies from these ancient philosophies, you know? So, as we as we go forward, a Chinese philosopher by the name of Wang Chang from 27 AD to 97 AD, followed a text called the Upanishads, written between 900 BC and 500 BC. That emphasis uh, of the two meanings of dreams, the first says that you're, there's two emphasis on the meaning of dreams. The first says that the dreams are, are merely of an expression of your inner desires. Okay? And the second says that the second is the belief that the soul is leaving the body being guided until awakened, which is what astral projection perceives to be. But <clears throat> that's the other thing is that here comes the emotion again. Okay. Just to go further into it, the emotion in your body is creating a desire. That desire is being manifested in your brain. And it's funny too, because there's a lot of, while you're sleeping, there's a lot of things around you that are actually interacting with you but you don't know it. Everything vibrates at a frequency, whether it be your computer, whether it be uh, yourself, whether it be your coffee pot, whether it be your dog, whether it be your turtle, whether it be your fish, everything vibrates at a different, at a different frequency. So what, one thing that, that people who deeply meditate, what they try and do is they try and vibrate at the same vibration as the things around them. Or if you're outside, the earth vibrates itself. They try and bring their vibrations in harmony with each other. My friend Omar was just telling me about how he went camping. And he was beating a drum for a specific frequency so he could, ra he could raise his vibration to the vibration of the woods around him and cleanse himself of society and all the norms of society and, and relinquishing some of the dark energies that reside inside of him. So your inner desires and you know that to him was cleansing so your inner desires and your emotion has a lot to do with it but there's other aspects there's other things that are interfering with this matrix in your brain which your brain is a matrix just like we live in the matrix and we'll go into that too you know and it even says it here that there's an illusion inside of an illusion inside of an illusion what's real what's not some dreams feel so real and that comes into the into the realm of deja vu where you feel that you've experienced things three, four times, five times you dreamed about it, the next day it happens. There's people who get that often. They get that often. I personally am one of those people. I can fall asleep, dream, something happens, and I and I and I feel it to even down to the tensions in the room. And then days later it happens. And you get this feeling where you almost lose yourself for a minute. But when we get to deja vu, I'll go into a couple of instances where I've had deja vu and it's it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. So now we're going to be going to the Greeks. Okay. The Greeks shared the belief of dreams with the Egyptians on how to interpret good and bad dreams. And the idea of incubating dreams and gods visiting them as prophets in their dreams. Okay. Now also with the Greeks, 
there was something a little bit different, okay? But we'll start here. So, also to show the prophetic belief in dreams by the Greeks, look no further than the Oracle of Delphi, okay? This is a woman that Greek politicians went to, regular men went to, and they wanted answers for everyday questions. They wanted to know the future. They wanted to know the past. They wanted to know why something was something. They just wanted to know. And it's, it's, it's amazing. But so the most well-known of these oracles was a priestess of Apollo named Pytha. Okay. And Pytha, well, just so you know, if nobody knows who Apollo is before we go into Pytha, Apollo was a god of many things. But one of the gods that he was of is a messenger. He was the messenger of the gods. If Zeus had something that he wanted to tell you, it would come via Apollo. So Apollo was the god of messages. This woman caused death, war, and entire regimes to topple, showing you the importance of dreams throughout history. And the, the crazy part about this whole Oracle of Delphi is they found where the Oracle of Delphi was. Eventually, what they did is they brought today's technology into that temple, which is the Temple of Apollo, okay? They found out that this is literally residing under a volcanic cavern, and noxious gases were being flooded into the chamber of this specific oracle, and they, they believed that, that it had been for centuries. So now she was having hallucinations from this noxious gas. It was almost killing her. And in, in these prophetic type of, uh, she used to pass out and ramble, just ramble about things. And they would write it down really quick and say, oh, she's coming up with another prophecy. We got to get it. We got to get it. Not knowing that this woman was high as a kite, not realizing what she was even saying. And politicians followed the lead of what she was saying. And it's, this is crazy. This is crazy because this is an incoherent babbling and they were trying to decipher what she was saying, but there was an added factor. When I tell you that dreams happen and there's things around you that culminate in that dream being what that dream is, look no further than the Oracle of Delphi. There was a noxious gas being flooded into this chamber and this woman was having hallucinations and they were taking it as prophecy. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. The fact that we're even here right now after something like that happened, it's wild. It's wild. You're literally listening to a female who's out of her mind, almost dying from inhaling fumes, noxious methane fumes, fumes that were that that you can't last without a gas mask next to a volcano for five, ten minutes. They had they had priestesses of Apollo in there for four hundred years, three hundred years. How many women went through this? We do, we don't know. We don't know. So now we're going to go to the religious side of these views. So, with that being said, first we're going to concentrate on the uh, Abrahamic religions, okay? Which is Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. So ancient Hebrews connected their dreams heavily with uh, 
with their religion in a sense of their faith, okay? They believed that dreams were the voice of God and God alone. This is essentially the same type of thing, but a little different in the sense that they were looking at these dreams and saying, okay, that's God's doing. God is giving me this vision to further prolong this specific religion. So to get back to it, they differentiated between good and bad dreams. The good dreams were God. Bad dreams were evil spirits. This is where you find uh, the first split in what a dream is, whether it's good or bad. Of course, people have always had good or bad dreams, but they just took it as their God or a God was giving them that specific dream. Here is where you get the, the division of good and bad, okay? Wrong and right, good and evil, okay? Evil spirits, God, nothing in between, one or the other. Radicality, is it's radical on either side. So, of course, it would be evil spirits if it was bad, not maybe your God showing you that you messed up and you did something wrong and now he's coming for you. Nope, no, 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 evil spirits, evil spirits. Do I, do I agree with that? I don't know. But they also incubated their dreams. They, they were lying in temples to receive messages from God. Uh, most of the dreams that you hear that are recorded from the, Ju the, the Judeo faith is in the book of Genesis. So if you're into the Bible, the one place you would see most dreams recorded is in the book of Genesis. Just to let you know. So now we go to Christianity, okay? Christianity believed the same as, as, as uh, Judaism <clears throat> as they used the Old Testament from the Judaism, from the, uh, the Torah is the Old Testament. Now the Christians, they had the New Testament, but they also had, uh, they also had the, uh, the, the Old Testament and they also had the New Testament and the Old Testament. So what they did was they basically took the same type of, scripture from the old testament put it with the new testament there you have the the uh christianity the christian bible so it, they're very much along the same lines with thinking the same thing whether it was good whether it was bad good and evil god or evil spirits so a lot of their inspirational stories but the thing about the christians is when they go into prophetic dreaming again you can find that in the book of revelation so what's crazy is that the the uh, the Jewish faith basically started in, in the beginning of their book with these prophetic type of uh, experiences, but the Christians they went all the way to the end, and this is an end that hasn't even happened yet in their eyes. This book of Revelation is the book that we're all doomed to to live sometime in the future. Whether it's the near future or the far future, that's for you. That's not for me. Maybe if we get the Rev here, he could tell us a little bit more about it. But anyway, so basically it's, uh, you know, it's the extremes again and how we do this, right? So as we go further, now we're going to go to Islam. Every time I do, I'm just dropping a paper. I tell you, I have a ton of notes. We're going through all of it. So... I'm taking it piece by piece and dropping it on the floor. So well, you got to live with it. That's what it is. This is how I do my research. This is how I 
remember it all. So now if we go about this at another time, I can get into dreams and I could almost almost photographically recite all the information. But so Islam, dreams play an important role in the history of Islam, okay? And the lives of the Muslim people. Since dream interpretations uh, is the only way that Muslims receive revelation from God. But here's the kicker with the Muslim faith, okay? Since the death of the last prophet Muhammad, those prophetic dreams don't happen anymore. It's neither here nor there. Muhammad was the last one. He's the he, he everything ends with Muhammad in the Muslim faith. So that's 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 what they think that no matter what your dreams are now, they're not prophecy. They never will be. You are not a prophet. You're not a prophet of God. Or if you are a prophet in the Muslim faith, they haven't recognized you yet. I don't know it. I can't I can't pretend to speak about that because I don't know that faith as well as some do. But this is what they're saying in their own teachings. So I mean, if you're not Muhammad, it's over for you. Like, it's a wrap. You're not a prophet. But uh, I see we have a lot of people in the uh, in the Gurn network over here in the chat. I just want to say thank you guys for uh, supporting me over here in, in this show. It's it's becoming a wild ride. We're going to uh, we're going to really take things full steam ahead in a little while because we're going to start going into my thoughts on all of it. This is just fact right now. This isn't what I'm thinking or what's going on through my through my uh, through my through my head, you know. So we'll, we'll get there. We'll get. Don't worry. We'll get there. I have. I'm always a very opinionated person. So now we're gonna get into Hinduism. Okay, there's gonna be a couple words here that I'm gonna pronounce. I may pronounce them right. I might not. I just want to let you know that I'm trying. So in the Manduki Upanishad, part of the Veda scriptures of Indian Hinduism, a dream is one of three states that the soul experiences during its lifetime. The other states being the wake state and the sleep state. So as they see their religion in Hinduism, there's the awake state, the state where you just sleep, which would be uh, a lesser dream, or I guess a place where you could dream lesser things. But then there is the, the dream state. And the dream state to them is where you connect, like I said before, with everything. You connect with all of the different uh, all the different animals, all of the different trees, the clouds. You connect with earth on a different level. This is also where you're going to get your different type of guides that are going to guide you on your meditation. Hinduism has a lot of meditation. They're very spiritual. They talk about chakras. And uh, if your pineal gland isn't open, you got no chance. You got no chance. You might as well pack it up and go home. Because if, you're th if your pineal gland is not open, you're not, you're not doing it. And it, the thought to go on it is there's a stuff called uh, nascent iodine. For a lot of the stuff that we eat today, okay, this is going off a little bit. But a lot of the stuff that we eat today calcifies your pineal gland. Nascent iodine are rare earth crystals, okay? Rare earth crystals that they find in the hills of the Himalayas, the hills of the Himalayas. And what these crystals do once they're into grounded up and, and made into a concentration is they actually decalcify your pineal gland. Now, some say 
that the pineal gland is like the highway to the soul. It's how you charge your soul. It, it'll give you innate abilities that you didn't have before. So anybody out there listening to this, do yourself a favor. Look into the ways to decalcify your pineal gland. Because a lot of the things that we eat today have fluoride in them. Fluoride will calcify your pineal gland, which will make it harder for you to meditate, harder for you to reach your higher self, and it will also be harder for you to concentrate. It has a cognitive ability on the brain. So there's more to this than just, just, you know, just a calcification, but you don't want that. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. You want to make sure that you're not calcified because you want to reach those heightened levels of enlightenment, you know? So now we're going to get into the philosophical realms. Okay. <clears throat> this is more with indigenous American Indian tribes and uh, some Mexican tribes as well. See how we went everywhere? We went, we went from the middle all the way to the Far East, all the way to Europe. Now we're coming all the way back west to the United States and Western civilization. And we're going up in time as well. This is just showing you that <clears throat> this has been talked about in every civilization throughout recorded history. Dreams. There is no way for somebody to sit there and tell me, I know what that is. Because, my man, you don't. You have an idea. You have an opinion. And that's the thing about dreams is they're all opinion. None of it's fact. There's none of it fact. But they're doing a lot of crazy stuff now with science and things like that. So let me take a sip of my coffee to wet the palate again. We're going to keep going. All right. So here we go with this now. In some indigenous American tribes and Mexican civilizations believe that dreams are a way of visiting and having contact with their ancestors. <clears throat> this, besides African tribes, which were a little bit more based like this, we didn't do any of those because their written history is a little bit here and there. But as you see this, there is a plane for these people that they can go to this spiritual plane and contact their ancestors. Much like mediums today, they're able to see spirits. Now, they used to enhance these dreams in all different ways. They had versions of DMT. They also had peyote, which enhanced their ability to, to fathom these realms and almost basically hallucinate, which is wild. You know, they hallucinated. Some of it was hallucination that they felt like they were getting to this extra level. So some Native American tribes use vision quests as a rite of passage, fasting and praying until an anticipated guide dream was received and shared with the rest of the tribe. So not only did they use that as you were a boy before you went on this pilgrimage to have a specific dream. To come back and be a man. And when you came back, you shared that with the people. So not only was everybody prophetic in that sense of the word, this is what they used to gauge your 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 basically your class level in in society, which is <clears throat> taking it to a whole new level. I'm telling you. Now, depending on what you saw, you would find your spirit guide. He would take you to a place where you would have a dream. 
You'd go back and tell the people. Now, this is what I mean by prophetic is the fact of the matter is you can come back and say, well, now they want me to be king. What are you going to do about it? That's what they said. That's what I'm telling you. It's what they said. It is. It is what it is. You can't say no. It's the ancestors. So there's a lot. There's <laughs> there's a lot of leeway in this one, but this is it's pretty crazy because a lot of the spiritual connotation that we hear today with people who are very spiritual, it goes by ancient American Indian tribes or Mexican indigenous people tribes is what they use as their 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 points of prayer or the way that they contact their spiritual energies or spiritual guides that take them places and to do things. So, I mean, it's wild. This is a, this is a wild thing. This is a wild thing because I mean, did they have it right? They were a little bit different than everybody else. So now we question is who's right and all that. We don't know because like I said before, it's all opinion. There's nothing but opinions here. And now you probably got a thousand questions. Nobody knows what what to think, you know, but this is what this is what they are. Now we're going to go into types of dreams. These are the dreams that you could possibly have, whether it's then or now. You know, this is a description of specific types of dreams. So this is where things get a little bit different, because what we're looking at here is. All right, well, I'm going to do it this way. I want everybody to take a moment. OK, take a moment. Think about. Think about your dreams, okay? Think about the types of dreams that you've had over your lifetime. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a minute. I'm not gonna say a word. I want you to really deeply think about it. Okay? And I'm also gonna take a hit of hit of this uh this tobacco here, but that's fine. But just think about it. All right, you got Hopefully, everybody has thought about a dream or two, just one you've had recently, okay? Because we're going to try and classify those dreams now. I'm going to tell you what these dreams are so you can classify what kind of dream it is. Or, while I'm reading these, try and think of a dream that you had that was a lot like the types of dreams that we're going to talk about. Because this is one way of, of, of finding out what kind of dreamer you are. And it'll also help you to train yourself to remember these dreams. So we're going to do like, it's like a little bit of a workshop right now. Okay. So we're going to do it like that because if, if we figure out how to, how to basically how to uh, retain this information, you'll be better off for it because maybe you can dialogue it down and make your own dream book. And then you can look at what's happening in your life and what's happening with these dreams and, and, coincide what it might mean and if you can actually if you can decipher your own sleep dream pattern you might have a telltale sign of what's made to come or what's happening right now with you if you can decipher it but everybody's different so you have to go about it in your own way there's no set key to say okay this means this this means this no no it's not there's no key so you have to figure out your own pattern Okay, so I'll start with lucid dreaming. Okay, because that seems to be the one that's most, it's most, uh, they're the ones that are most vivid and you remember most. I'll put it to you that way. Lucid dreaming 
is a conscious perception of one state while dreaming. In this state, the dreamer often has some degree of control over their actions within the dream or even the characters and the environment of the dream. You ever been in a dream where you can control it? Where you think of something and it manifests in front of you? Or you think of being somewhere and all of a sudden you're there? That's a lucid dream. But that's not the only, that's not, you know, not everybody has control and it's still a lucid dream. There's uh, two definitions to a lucid dream. So dream control has been reported to improve with practice. Deliberate lucid dreaming. This is when you practice lucid dreaming. This is when you go into it and you say to yourself, okay, this is, we're going to, we're going to keep trying to get this rapid eye movement, deep sleep, or, or you meditate to the point where you fall asleep and you're in tune with everything around you. So you fall into a lucid, a possibility of a lucid dream more and more and more. So, there's a lot that goes with it. You know, controlling the aspects of your dream is pretty, you know, it's pretty crazy. It's, <clears throat> but see, here's the thing, lucid dreaming, but the ability to control aspects of the dream is not necessary for a dream to qualify as lucid. Okay. Lucid dream is any dream during within the dreamer knows they are dreaming. This has been scientifically verified. Now, here's the part that gets me, it gives me chills, okay? Communication can occur between two dreamers, both in the state of lucid dreaming. You can dream as a group. Did you ever hear that before? You can dream as a group and or communicate with somebody dreaming next to you. Sometimes you hear stories of people, right? You hear stories of people having the same exact dream being in the same exact room. There's few explanations for that. One, one person is vibrating as a resident at a residence that is en encompassing the other person. Two, both of you are in a lucid dream state and are communicating or you're both being uh, you're both interacting while sleeping with the environment around you, because you're both in the same environment. If you're sleeping next to each other, <clears throat> they have shown that it has to be within close proximity. Otherwise, this doesn't work. So that was crazy. I thought to myself, you got to be kidding me. Like, really? Really? Two people communicating? You're having the same dream and you're talking to somebody. I thought a psychic had to do that. I didn't know real people could just do that. baffling that's baffling to me so now here's a dream that a lot of people should take heed at because if there's something that you don't want to do anymore or a habit that you have that you want to get rid of this is a way to do it so now not only am i going to tell you information i'm going to help you i'm going to help you in your life i'm going to help you who's better than you you're getting a ton of information and I'm going to help you with your life. Come on, man. It's a win-win. That's why it's a great show. That's why we do things here. We do a lot of big things. I'm just, I'm just kidding around. But So we have the absent-minded transgression dream. Sounds long. Sounds crazy. Yep. 
dreams of absent-minded transgression are dreams wherein the dreamer absent-mindedly performs an action that he or she is trying to stop. For example, this is the easiest example I can come up with. Someone who is trying to quit smoking in her or his dream is lighting a cigarette. You're trying to stop. That has a lot to do with cravings. But then again, we go back to the emotions. Excuse me. Emotions play a big part. They play a huge part in dreaming. This is why they've also come up with this study recently that talks about the continuation of reality in your dream. Because everything that happens during the day affects you emotionally. You experience things physically, mentally, and emotionally. It's a trifecta, right? The triangle. So with that being said, now it's the emotions play that big of a part because you're trying to stop something. You don't want any part of it anymore. You don't want to smoke. You don't want to smoke. You don't want to smoke, right? So one way to actually fix this, okay, and this is a study found that positive association between having these dreams has successfully stopped the behavior of what you're trying to stop. So let's say you do want to smoke, right? And you wake up and you do something positive. You wake up in between way in between your uh you what you're lighting a cigarette in your dream. You wake up and you say to yourself, okay, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. But you but now you want one. So you have to positive reinforce yourself saying, you know what, I'm not gonna do that. I'm better than that. I don't need that. Everything's going to be fine. I'm good. I'm good. Everything's good. We're good. Positive reinforcement. There's other ways to positive reinforce, but maybe you want to Google it, check it out. But that's that's what helps you to break these patterns, break these habits, you know? So that that those are those dreams. So now we're going to go into a really crazy one, which is daydreaming, right? Daydreaming is crazy. And we're going to read some daydreaming from the website because Daydreaming has uh, it has it, it's pretty crazy. A daydream is a visionary fantasy, especially one of happy, pleasant thoughts, hopes, or ambitions, imagined as coming to pass and experienced while awake. There are many different types of daydreams. There is no consistent definition among psychologists. The general public also uses terms for a broad variety of experiences. Research by a Harvard psychologist, Deirdre Barrett, that has found that people who experience vivid daydream-like mental images reserve the word for these, whereas many other people refer to the milder, imaginary, realistic future planning. Okay? So it's like they're, they're, they're tossing words around here. You understand what it means? Review of past memories or just spacing out. For example, one's mind going relatively blank when they talk about daydreaming. You kind of zone out. Daydreaming is all about zoning out. You're zoning out. You're not looking at anything. You're thinking about other things. You're planning. You're thinking about, you know, let's say you're in school and the teacher's calling on you. You don't hear it. You're like, ah, uh, thinking about the snack I'm going to eat when I get home. You know what I mean? Like that's you're daydreaming about what the next step is. You're planning for the future. While daydreaming has long been derided as a lazy, non-productive pastime, it is now commonly acknowledged that daydreaming can be 
constructive in some contexts. There are numerous examples of people in creative or artistic careers, such as composers, novelists, filmmakers, developing new ideas through daydreaming. So now you could say that brain dreaming or day, brain dreaming, daydreaming is also brainstorming. See that Freudian slip right there? It's also, it's also brainstorming. So you may think of it as just daydreaming, but it's not. It's not. So now we're going to go into a different one. And this one is going to, it's called hallucination. Okay. Usually when you're hallucinating, it's not a good thing. This is usually is, it's usually uh, derives from mental issues or uh, some kind of drug use or something is not right with the way your brain is ticking. Or here's the other side of it. A hallucination in the broad sense of the word is a perception in the absence of stimulus. So with that being said, with that being said, it's telling you that when you're not mentally stimulated and you start to, to, to blank out, you're not, you're not really having a, you're, you're, you could be hallucinating at that point. So you have to bring yourself back. In a stricter sense, hallucinations are perceptions in a conscious and awake state in the absence of external stimuli and have had qualities of real perception and that they are vivid, substantial, and located in external objective space. The latter definition distinguishes hallucinations from the related phenomena of dreaming, which does not involve wakeness. So that's your talking about this and what it means is that it's you're in a wake state you're not even sleeping your brain is clicking off like as if you are sleeping but you're not in a comatose state you're relatively active and you end up dreaming of something in front of you or seeing something in front of you because of the mental the mental state that you're in you're awake but your brain is acting as if it's sleeping so your image, your imagery is is being imprinted on your eyes, and you can see it. Which, I mean, thank God, I've never had hallucinations because I think I might lose it. Sometimes, you know, it's weird too because sometimes when you're looking and you think you see like a shadow person at a corner of your eye, you're like, "Am I hallucinating?" I don't think so. I think it's really shadow people. But you're looking at, it, you're like, "Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh," you know what I mean? Like. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. See, I think about that too. You know, sometimes you're thinking about stuff like, "Oh man, like, is it me? Is it the? Is it? Is it the room? Is it where I'm at? Who knows, man? Who knows?" So let's go to the next one, which is a nightmare. Okay. So a nightmare is an unpleasant dream that can cause strong negative emotion, emotional. Sorry, strong negative emotional response. From the mind, typically fear or horror, but also despair, anxiety, and great sadness. The dream, the dream may contain situations of danger, discomfort, psychological, or physical terror. Sufferers usually awaken in a state of distress and may be unable to return to sleep for a prolonged period of time. Now, if you sit there and tell me that you've never had a nightmare. Woke up sweating completely to the point where you're like, I have no idea, you know, I have no idea what's happening here. So 
I mean, it, sometimes nightmares can be lucid dreams. So these actually can coincide with each other, right? And the fact that they do could scare the ever-living life out of you. You'll wake up sweating, not knowing where you're even at because you feel like that dream was so real that it causes such a such a uh, a discomfort and such an anxiety. But do you notice how it went back to emotions too? Okay, like I kept like I it's just a a theme throughout all of dreams: emotions, emotions, emotions. Emotions are rampant throughout this whole thing, right? So. Emotions is a big deal. Emotions is a big deal, which is why this study that I found, actually, it, it facilitates and actually has a lot of ground in the science of it because of what they say about emotions, right? So now we're going to go to a, a step further from a nightmare, which is called a night terror, okay? A night terror is also known as a sleep terror or porvor nocturnus. Uh, that's Latin. I don't speak Latin. If I screw that up, that's on me. But uh, whatever. It's a night terror, okay? It's a parasomnia disorder that predominantly affects children, causing feelings of terror or dread. Night terror should not be confused with nightmares, which are bad dreams that cause the feeling or horror of or fear, okay? So a night terror is actually a condition. It's literally a condition that, is uh, it's the night terror condition is something that's like you can't stop it. Even if you wanted to, you couldn't stop it. It is what it is. You have to go with it. You have to live with it. And it's, it's insane. It's insane. A night terror is insane. There's a lot of people who really, really suffer from it. And I've heard it waking up screaming at the top of their lungs. And I mean, screaming. Screaming, screaming, screaming. They can't stop. Even when they come out of it and they're awake, they sometimes still feel like they're in that terror. They're in that uh they're in that nightmare. So there's a couple more we're gonna talk about, one of which is deja vu. Okay. But before we get to the, the last two, what I want to do right now is this is this is the time, it's about halfway mark of the show. What I want to do is I want to show you and promote for myself of course this is like where we would usually have a commercial as you can see on this on the screen right here this is global enlightenment radio network this is the website everybody should go to this website so what i did was i brought the website up okay so we can all take a look at it as you can see you can see the different shows that we have this is where we're streaming right now this is going to be the next show. As you can see, you can join the group. We also have spots where, the, where we have a Patreon. You can donate. So please do yourself a favor. Check out this website. This is our actual network. There is so many shows on this network. I can't even describe it. I'm just going to go to shows real quick in this network just to show you all the different shows that we have. And this isn't even all of them, I believe. I believe that there's more. There's affiliates. There is something for everybody on this network, okay? As you can see, there is something for everybody here. There is archives as well. We also have a YouTube station. 
that you can go to. Subscribe to the YouTube station. It's worth it. Trust me when I tell you. I went through some of these archived, actually, a lot of the archived episodes. It is absolutely incredible. There is something for everybody, okay? There is something for everybody. Just so you see, we're going to hit archives real quick, just so you know what's going on. I want to make sure that everybody sees what this is, okay? As you can see, there's so many episodes. You can binge watch. When you find one you like, you can binge watch it, okay? We have so many amazing hosts. And actually, we just added another one, like I told you, Melinda. And she's uh, our resident medium here at Full Spectrum Universe. She's going to have her own shows on Friday. Check her out. She is amazing at what she does. We love her to death. And there, she is absolutely great. Absolutely great. So do yourself a favor. Please check out the website. We have a great, great cast of people. A gr it's amazing. I am so honored to be a part of this group. We really, really have the best group. This is the best stuff or the best radio network on the whole internet. Okay. Uh, I, you can't say that about everybody. We literally have something for everybody here. Okay. So with that being said, we're going to come back to me, but if you thought the advertising was over, no, no, my friends, my friends, no. But now with my show, what I'm going to tell everybody is that we have extra content. Every interview we do, we do an extra episode on top of it with that person taking the subjects a little bit further. You get to know who these people are for as low as $2. As you can see, it's www.patreon.com forward slash full spectrum universe. All one word. All you have, it's $2. I know money's tight. $2 for $2. You can binge watch extra episodes that are not available on YouTube. So, do yourself a favor. If you like the stuff that we do here, also, we could always use the support, okay? We're trying to make this the biggest and best show that we've ever had. Today, I just figured out how to turn. Uh, David Rucker said, you know, the quality of the video is really good. And uh, you know what happened, Dave, is I, I actually went into the settings and I found the 1080 spot. I thought it was already on 1080. It wasn't. So now we have the camera up at 1080. Hopefully it looks better. The sound must be a lot clearer. Hopefully. Thank God. We figured it out. But do yourself a favor and check us out. If you don't like Patreon, and I know some people don't like Patreon, we have a subscribe star for you as well. Okay? The only difference is, is it's www.subscribestar.com forward slash full. There's that little thing that goes in between the phone numbers and in between all the words. Spectrum. That thing that goes in between the phone numbers, universe, okay? And again, as low as $2 a month. That means you're going to get three episodes of Full Spectrum Universe News, okay? You're going to get a half-hour extra episode, a half-hour to 45-minute extra episode with every interview that we do. Even if it's a two-hour interview that we're doing on the network, because all the network, usually my shows run about an hour. Anytime that I'm on Global Enlightenment Network, what I will be doing is a two-hour show. It's a rally show. So the long topics, we're going to go into all of it. We're going to have guests. We're going to have roundtables. It's going to be incredible. You know what I mean? With that being said, as we go forward, if, if you like what we do, we're talking about 
upwards of six extra episodes a week. Okay. So binge watch it. You can binge watch all of it. Not only that, we have uh we have different levels. We have a five dollar level, we have a ten dollar level, we have a twenty dollar level. And once you hit those other levels, what happens is you know you get to interact with the cat and you actually get to help us pick out topics, which makes this the most interactive show on the radio. You literally get to you literally get to uh pick the pick the topics that we do in a sense, or at least talk about it, and we can talk to each other and say, Hey, we we, we want to hear about this. I myself will do the legwork and the research, and then we'll put a whole show together for you. And we also have guest appearances on the shows at those levels too. So you can tell everybody else what you like about the Patreon. We also have chats. There's a whole chat board. There's a round table. It's a whole community in itself. So now one more thing I want to show everybody as well is if you have a small business, and I mean an internet startup, a small business. Listen, we're going on iHeartRadio, okay? If you have a small business, we're going to be, we're going to be in front of ten to 15,000 people at, a night, Okay? The numbers are going to be outrageous. So what I want to tell everybody is if you have a small business that would like to advertise on this on this episode, what you do is you go to the $100 a month tier, okay? You, of course, you purchase it. And every episode we do, whether it be a two-hour episode or a one-hour episode, whether it be an FSU news, Full Spectrum Universe news, you will get your advertisement read twice. You send the advertisement. I will read it. You will be in front of hundreds of thousands of people over time. You can't lose. There's nobody out there charging $100 for advertising. You can't even go to the penny savers anymore and get that kind of money, get those kinds of ads. So with that being said, <clears throat> I digress. I apologize. It was about 10 minutes worth of uh, 10 minutes worth of uh, <laughs> advertising, but we have to do that. We want to grow this station. We want to grow this show. I want to make this the best I possibly can for you guys. This information can be vital to some people, but it can also be fun. People love to learn. The dog doesn't hunt without you guys. Without, without you, the people out there, we don't make it. We don't go through it. So any support you can give, I know money's tight, but any support you can give, you're going to get a lot for it, and we appreciate it. So with that being said, let's go back to what, so now we're going to talk about deja vu, okay? Deja vu. Deja vu is uh, something a little bit different, okay? There's one theory of deja vu attributes, the feeling of having previously seen or experienced something to having dreamed about a similar situation or place and forgetting about it until one seems to be mysteriously reminded of the situation or place while awake. This happens to me when I tell you, okay, this happens to me. I want to say two, three times a day. I get deja vu so much. Now we all know, there's psychics out there. I am not one of those people. There are certain things that I can do that other people can't do. I can heal with my hands. I have the ability to uh, to gauge people in a room without them actually being in the room or 
you know, on what, what, you know, basically feeling what their emotions are before they even get to talk to me. So with that being said, deja vu happens all the time. The first time I ever experienced deja vu, I was in, I want to say either fourth or fifth grade. Okay. And I had this, I had, I was sleeping at night and I had a dream. The dream that I had was I was out at recess and I was playing football. Okay. And we used to play with a kid who was probably back then about 250 pounds. Big kid, big kid. And in the dream, this kid went to block tackle somebody while we were playing football. And when I mean dropped him, this kid hit a brick wall when he ran into him. And I kid you not. And and he actually broke his arm when he fell to the ground in the dream. And I kid you not, five days later, five days, we were at school. And guess what happened? At recess, the big kid sat there and blocked that skinny kid. I don't want to go into people's names. It's radio. We know. We don't know. We don't want to do that. And he broke his arm. Broke it. Hit the ground. Tip was crying. And I could feel this flush emotion like, that this fear, you know, this fear of what it was, what it, what it, what it felt like. And in the dream, I had that as well. So it was, it was so wild. It was so wild. It was so wild. So deja vu is real. I can, I can attest to that. And, uh, you know, I just, it's something you, it's very difficult to, uh, to put a finger on it all at times, but you know, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Deja vu is, it happens. And I bet you a lot of people, a lot of people realize what it is. And they've had it happen to them before. So we're going to go into another one. <clears throat> this is called recall. Okay. This is the collection of dreams that is extreme. Oh, this is actually, I apologize. This is actually recalling dreams. Okay. So this is waking up. Just to give you a little situation, a scenario. This is waking up. And actually having a a recollection of what you were dreaming throughout the night. Sometimes, like I said before earlier in the show, sometimes you wake up and boom, you remember everything. When I mean everything, you remember everything down to what you were wearing in the dream. Okay? But it's sometimes sometimes you remember it, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you wake up and you're a blank slate. You've got no idea. You've got no idea what exactly happened. So... This is actually recalling dreams, okay? So the recollection of dreams is extremely unreliable, okay? The thought is, the thought, though it is a skill that can be trained, dreams can usually be recalled if a person is awakened while dreaming. When you wake up suddenly, right, that is usually when you remember that dream, when you wake up suddenly, okay? So nine times out of 10, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, you don't remember it. But when you wake up out of that dream startled because, you know, the door slammed, the dog barked, somebody's touching you, you're like, oh, you wake up, you remember it. Nine times out of 10. But this is also a skill that can be trained, right? So women tend to have more frequent dream recall than men do. Dreams that are difficult to recall may be characterized by relatively little effect 
and factors such as salience, arousal, and interference play a role in the dream recall. So often, a dream can be recalled upon viewing or hearing a random trigger or stimulus. That's remarkable, right? So if you, of course, like they said, they said arousal, things like that. If there's something that triggers you to remember something in that dream, that's when you, uh, that's that's really when things pop up for you, right? And that's really when you can say, like, oh, I remember that now. I, I, yeah, that's right. That's what happened, you know? So now before we get into the actual science of what it is, we're going to go into a little bit of my thought, okay? And then we'll wrap it up with the science. And then if you have any questions in the comments, feel free to leave it. I'll do my best to answer it. So let me get prepared here, okay? Now, I went to a conversation with Odin yesterday. I called him on the phone. I said to him, I said, bro, I'm going to do, I'm gonna do my, my show. We'll come right out of the box kicking and screaming. I'm going to do it on dreams. And I said, you know, it's crazy if you think about dreams, right? There's, we went over the different types and how important it was. Now that you've read that, it's a little bit difficult to go through your, your own dreams and say, okay, I get it. I don't. Now, a lot of people feel that we live in a matrix, right? That this whole thing is a matrix. It's a machine. Everything runs like a machine. Your whole life, the whole environment, it's all a machine. It's all pre... It's like, it's like the actual movie, The Matrix, where Neo's in a pod. He's hooked up to all different types of things. And this is all just a dream to him. So if there's a dream inside of a dream, which means that your brain is like a piece of hardware, right? It's a hard drive. You're literally, you're, you're, you're making these dreams up in, from the recollection of the day in this hard drive. You're pulling pieces out of it and you're making dreams. So, that's a matrix, right? Your brain is like a matrix in itself. It's like a machine. It's a matrix. So when we say that this is literally a matrix, inside of a matrix, it's a dream inside of a dream. How does that work? How does that work? You know what I mean? So think about all that. Like It's mind-boggling. It's literally mind-boggling because you can go into so many different things, right? And you know, when there's people that say that, that 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 they can they can see the future, okay? But there's also people who can do past life regression, which is hypnosis. Now, who's to say, okay? Now, hear me out. This is going to sound wild, wild. But we we're talking about this. Who's to say when you get hypnotized that you're not still that you're not actually dreaming, right? So now they want you to go to a past life. So. If this was a matrix, all everything around this is a matrix, right? And your brain is a matrix. Now, you've literally, if there's reincarnation on top of that and you've had past lives, you've come into the matrix, come out of the matrix, come back into the matrix, and come back out of the matrix. But that second time in the matrix, you can actually recall what happened the first time in the matrix. So 
past life regression is where they bring up certain things from your past or past lives. So in your brain, in that hardware, there's memories of this past life, right? Now, if you, if we're going to go into some wild stuff, but if time is relative, right? Time is fluid. People say that the past and the present and the future are all right here, right now. It's all linear. It's all right here. So you can determine where your future is, right? So let's say you're able to send your consciousness back to the past, okay? Now, if your consciousness is back in the past, by you just being there, you've actually scared the timeline, and now you're on a totally different timeline. Because I looked at something that was about physics, right? And they said that there's no such thing as the butterfly effect. What they did is they took, they took, uh, took these particles that were supposed to be like humans, right? And they sent them back in time. In a quantum computer, it's like a computer. It's a quantum computer. And to little or no effect once they came back to the future, right? They, they went to the past. They did damage. They came back. They, it's, it's, it corrected itself So from what they say. So taking on that, you know, is, is there really different timelines? Or are all the timelines just a veil apart on the same, on the same waves? You know what I mean? It, get, it gets pretty crazy. It gets pretty crazy. So there's a lot of thought behind it, but you're literally, your brain is one of the most complex computers that you've ever come in contact with. You've got memories you don't remember. You've got a subconscious that tells you things that you can't even remember off the top of your head. So we just got a little wild real quick, but so let's, let's, let's bring it right back to now. Okay. And recently they did a study. It was a study of 24,000 dreams. 24,000 dreams. Okay, it's pretty wild. So they suggest that uh, dreams are really a continuation of reality. Now, here's the thing I think about that, right? And we'll talk about it a little bit further later. But just to bring it up right now, if you have a dream, that's completely wild, right? That things don't make sense. People are there that shouldn't be there. People are there that you don't know. How is that a continuation of reality? But we're going to explain that a little bit, which is going to get crazy. So where do dreams come from? It's an age-old question. Some people have been wondering and theorize for millennia. And we went over that. They definitely theorize it for millennia. We don't know what it is. We don't know. We don't know what happens. Whereas ancient civilizations may have interpreted dreams as having spiritual or spirituality of origin. In modern society, we are likely to analyze our dreams in terms of our waking life looking for meaning, connections, linking the contents of the dream with lived experiences from our day-to-day existence. That's what they think now, okay? With that being said, it's, it's crazy. Research has repeatedly proven strong support for what sleep scientists refer to as the continuity, the continuity hypothesis. Continuity hypothesis, okay, of dreams. 
Most dreams are a continuation of what is happening in everyday life. The study is led by a computer scientist, Alessandro Fogli, from Roma Tre University in Italy. Okay? And this is what he's... These are quotes from him. It turns out that everyday life impacts dreaming, i.e. anxiety in life leads to dreams with negative effects and vice versa. Dreaming impacts problem-solving skills, okay? These psychological theories date back to the work of Sigmund Freud and others in the 20th century. Sigmund Freud, I didn't go into him because he literally analyzes the dream but he just it's it's so back and forth with his writings that it doesn't it wouldn't have been comprehensible by doing it via uh oration or, or being or, you know an orator and talking about it basically it, you would have been like what what are you saying you keep repeating different things they don't make sense so i didn't do his because you really have to read what he what he did so so uh sigmund freud spearheaded the notion that the hidden meanings of dreams could be unlocked when examined within the context of a person's real-world experiences, right? So what they did first in this experiment is they decided to figure out tools to help them to signify what was what and to, to, to let them try and figure out what's really going on in the dream, you know? So... Some tools that theorists use to figure out what dreams consist of are as follows. They use dream reports, which is basically you, you have a dream, you dialogue it, and then you write it down to make sure that we have all the details. But see, so here's the thing. Remember we said before that you can't remember all your dreams all the time. So what they would do is they would let the person sleep, and then they would shake them and wake them up. Because I told you, when you get startled, you actually remember the dream more. So they would startle him, wake him up. He gets up. And that's the first thing he does is write down the dream. Let's write it down. Figure it out. You know? I would have been pissed. Are you kidding me? Every time you fall asleep, somebody's waking you up just to take so it right down on a pad. I would have been pissed. But regardless. So they're looking for clues and symbols and structures that might correspond within the person's other parts of their dream life. So here, here's, the, here's this part, right? What they did was they were looking for significant reoccurring things, reoccurring characters, reoccurring situations, reoccurring emotions. And what they also did was they were examining this person's life throughout the whole day, you know? So basically, they could, they could put statistical markers in places so they could, they could follow it, so they could really like follow what's happening. It gets, it gets really heavy here, so let's keep going. So one heavy regarded system for interpreting dreams, it's, it's a specific type of uh, system, right? The report is it's called the Hull and Van D. Castle system, which codifies dreams in terms of characters that appear within them, the interactions within them, and the effects that these characters subsequently have in the dream or whether you have some kind of I apologize that's a coffee pot we like coffee we drink coffee that's what we do so basically what it is is it's them seeing 
if you know if there's re like I said, there's reoccurring things, right? So I'm just putting the coffee pot back down. I like coffee. So they're looking for specifics. They want to see it reoccurring so they can signify it and give it a statistical marker. Okay. What that st statistical marker, they'll be able to foresee whether they can literally uh, identify these aspects and turn it into some kind of meaning. That's what they're really trying to get here, right? So the problem with these systems is that they are very time consuming and they slow, it's slow to go through dream reports to find correlations in them, which is why they switch to using computer based algorithm solutions based on this specific uh, system, the Hall and Vandy method, Hall and Vandy castle method. So now look at it this way, right? It took so long for them to to catalog all of these specific things, right? So when they cataloged all these specific things, it was taking them months, months upon months. Think about it, 24,000 dreams. Now, there's variables. You have to remember the dream, and you have to be able to, to recite the dream and be able to dictate it so you could figure out what it's about, right? So it... I mean, that's that in itself is a task. That's a tall task because for people to remember all that, it, 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 how many times did you get a false draw where the guy wakes up, doesn't remember, goes to write something down, it's not right. It has nothing to do with that dream, right? So now in the, in a new study, Fogey and his team used this algorithm solution to track dreams on a vast scale, analyzing 24,000 dreams from a public database called the Dream Bank. Never knew there was such a thing called the Dream Bank. I mean, do you need specific deposit slips to deposit a dream in the Dream Bank? Can you withdraw dreams from the Dream Bank? I mean, does, how does it work? How does it work? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But... You know, and it's crazy because what they did was they they what they were doing was they were valid using the validating the tools effectiveness of the dream reports, which included the continuity hypothesis, which is Folge centered that the algorithm was centered around that continuity hypothesis, which is the van, the Hall Van D system. Right. But it was this was done. With 24,000, that was done at an unprecedented scale than they've ever done before, right? So now that they've done that, they have all this information. This algorithm is breaking it all down, right? So, all right. We're getting to the end of this, guys. We're, we're hauling through this. This was a long episode, I told you. You're going to have a ton of questions after it's all said and done, but it is what it is, right? The team, the team's dream tool simplifies the Hall and Van D. Castle system, right? What it does is through the text of the dream reports and focusing on the character's social interactions and emotional words, they were able to come to a consensus of what this really means, you know? So what, what it was was... 
when they finished all of this specific data, they found out there was they had the three aspects, right? So two-thirds of the time, they were able to track consistencies between uh, the people. Because you think about it. Now, they're not just taking it on a whole level. Yeah, I would charge interest, too, of a dream bank. I hope. <laughs> Let me get that money for them dreams. No, but really what it is is they're looking at individual people now, too. So in these individual uh, situations, there has to be a repeating person, a repeating uh, situation, a repeating effectiveness of the situation. At two-thirds of the time, they found out that it was somewhat of a continuation of that person's reality. But here's the thing. Remember before, but remember before I said that there's always dreams that you have no idea where they came from. There's no, there's no telling. They're just wild and crazy dreams. They're just out there. So with that, with that being said, this is what, you know, this two thirds, it works, but it doesn't at the same time. So there's three dimensions that were considered to be the most important areas in aiding the interpretations of dreams. They define them as the backbone of the dream plot. What it was was who was present, which actions were performed, and which emotions were expressed. So, you know, they, they found examples that the continuity hypothesis was present. So we're talking about this, this system they found out that it it did work. It did work in, in some instances, two-thirds of the time, not the other one-third of the time, right? So basically, uh, the continue, it was present, but the notion that the dreams are a continuation of what happens in everyday life, that's what they're saying. They found statistical markers reflecting what dreams likely experienced were real-life stuff coming back to you in your dream. But, you know, and of course, this is far from being the last word that we're going to have or last ever uh, experiment that we're going to have uh, on what exactly dreams are. But they feel that they got they feel that they got a good start on this. I, I know it was tough to follow because it's a little bit different. Those 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 are a little bit different. But. So what do we learn today? Right. Let's go over a few things. A lot of a lot of nations from the beginning of history up till now feel that dreams were prophetic they were signs from god they were they were interested in what they meant from the beginning of written time okay now also science right now is going further and further and further and further so maybe one day we'll be able to analyze somebody's brain and see exactly through their eyes for, let's say, a whole year, analyzing their dreams and their their everyday life so they can see if they coincide with each other. For me, personally, I don't feel that it completely coincides with everyday stuff because think about it. Sometimes your dreams manifest into a lot of different things, you know? And it's funny because when people daydream, and they daydream a lot, sometimes those tend to manifest more because you're focused on it. So any thought that you have, when you focus all of your energy on it, it can become reality. So 
it goes back to all these like all these things that you hear where it's like you are what you become or you have your choice of program of you know what program you run inside of the matrix or your reality if you think of something it'll become your reality you'll manifest it things come to you i believe all that so a lot of these a lot of these things like it's 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 different i believe we have somebody Oh, there's a group call. I don't. Uh, I don't know what happened with that. But so there's, you know, there's a lot of things that are people who are spiritual, they feel that that you know they they get dreams and meditation too. So what's right? What's wrong? You know, there's no answer to that. So it's really it goes by what you feel about it. So what 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 you should really do is keep a dream journal. Okay. Now we're gonna go into how you can do it for yourself. Keep a dream journal. And this is going to, now let me just tell you something. This is going to take you forever. So be prepared. It's going to take you a very long time. Start a dream journal, right? And every time you have a dream that you remember, you write it down. But not only keep a dream journal, keep a journal, a rate like a regular journal. Write down your day. Try and figure out where your emotions went up and down during the day. And I'm actually going to try this, and I'm going to get back to you on it because I think this this is really fun to explore. And I'll also do it for the dream journal too. But what you want to do, right? Take 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 that journal. Write down your day. Write down the emotions you felt throughout the day. Whatever you can remember. Okay. So basically, after you fall asleep at night and you wake up, do it again in a dream journal. Do it again. Try and number the days too. So you can keep track of it. After you finish the whole book, finish the whole book, because there's going to be days where you forget to write what you did during the day, and there's going to be days where you forget to write in a dream journal. You just didn't have time. So write it all down. And then what you want to do with it is you want to, after they're both finished, analyze it. Look in that book, right? Look in that book. For the whole the, the the daily journal book, see what your emotions are, and then look open up the dream journal and see if those dreams coincided with those emotions. That'll be the real way to figure it out. If it's actually a continuity of the reality that you have throughout the day, because maybe it is, maybe it's not. But you know, it's it's a good way to figure that out, and you can do your own research on it. Also, it's just interesting to log your dreams because maybe you don't need that daily journal. Maybe you can discern what your dreams are telling you or if your dreams are telling you anything at all. If you go forward and you write it down and you log it, you got to log it, got to write it down. This, this doing all this really made me focus on what I was dreaming because, I mean, there was so many times that I've been sleeping, fell asleep on the couch. And all of a sudden you wake up and startled. Like you either heard something, something touched you or you felt weird. Right. So you're, you're laying there. Boom. You're up. You don't even know where you are. Why does that happen? Because you were lucid dreaming and you don't remember what you were dreaming. It says you remember more when you get woken up. So maybe you do remember, maybe you don't, but really you got to, you got to keep going. You got to figure it out. You got to, you got to like, 
you know, just, just keep trucking through it and see what, what's going on because there is prophecy in dream. Whether it's prophecy from a God or not, nobody knows. You won't know that. But somebody, you're going to get some answers because everybody tends to, tends to uh, be a little bit more psychic in their dreams. So you want to make sure that you're giving yourself the ability to see that stuff. So, Now, that's the presentation I had on dreams, right? I thought it was pretty crazy. So let me go over some things that are going to be happening in, uh, in the next week or so. So we can go a little bit forward and what the schedule is going to be like. Tomorrow is going to be one of our one-hour shows. And uh, it's going to be a little bit later than usual. We're dealing with a lot of people who are on the uh, Pacific time, so which is a three-hour difference. Of course, I'm from New York. So what it is is that we're going to have tomorrow night at 9 o'clock Eastern time, we're going to have Melinda with us, the Rescue Media Melinda, who, like I said, congratulations again to her for being a part of the family now. I knew I knew it was going to happen. I had a feeling because she's so excellent at what she does that it's hard to say that, you know, you, you need this woman to, to do a reading for you. Whoever you are out there, even if you don't believe in it, she'll change your mind. I'm telling you, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. So tomorrow, what we're going to do is we're going to have one-on-one face-to-face readings. So it's going to be like this. We're going to bring people in one at a time. She's going to do a reading for them. She's going to do two cards for them. Uh, and basically, what it's going to be is she's going to do this. We're going to interview the people while, right before. They're going to tell you who they are. And then afterwards, we're going to ask them what they felt about that reading and how it pertains to them. And if they can speak about what she's talking about. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. So you're going to see the full. You're going to see fully how Melinda's ability works. And I think it's going to be. A real tell it's going to be a real telling of how these people's lives are actually being changed by her being able to tell them what's coming. So I think it's going to be a really great show. Uh, next week, we're going to be I know we fell behind on the uh, full spectrum universe news this week. It's because we were setting up for uh, being a part of the network this week. And I do apologize for that. There will be another episode released next week on uh youtube and remember like i said if you're part of the patreon of the subscribe star you get three episodes of that and basically what i do is i go through all the news i go through paranormal ufos space astronomy i mean we have news on everything we have articles i could show you something about this swing set that they found of it's like in, in the midwest somewhere i have to go through the article again but this woman her son was sitting by the swing set. The, the swings were going like this. Now, if you look at it, some of them could be debunked. We're going to look at it together and see what it's all about. <clears throat> it's going to be wild. Um, there's a lot going on in space with uh, the Starlink SpaceX now getting in the way of all these telescopes that are trying to take pictures. We got something on that. 
But uh, we got a lot of good stuff. We got a lot of good stuff. So there's going to be three episodes done of that. If you're a Patreon or Subscribestar member, let me put that up for you guys again. If you're on Patreon or Subscribestar, you have the ability to get three episodes of that specific show a week. Not to mention, guys, not to mention, we do extra episodes on the fly. A whole ep- a whole hour sometimes. Doesn't matter. If I feel like if I feel like I have something to say, I get on there, I do a whole episode. Sometimes we have extra guests that don't want to come on the the regular uh, YouTube and Facebook. They want to be private. So I take it. I, I do an episode doing an interview, but that's only privilege of my uh, Patreon and Subscribestar members. Like I said, for $2, you can't go wrong. You're going to get a lot of extra content. And like I said, if you like what we, what we do here, which I hope you do, uh, you know, I try really hard to put out a good, a good program. This it's worth your while. It's for two dollars. You get a lot. You got a lot of extra stuff. So, again, guys, listen. Global Enlightenment Radio Network. These people are phenomenal. I can't say enough about them. Okay, I got contacted from them last week. They liked what we were doing. They asked me to be a part of uh, their network. I said sure. I, I, I was jumping up and down. I was excited. I'm honored to be a part of this team. Uh, like I also check out the uh, Facebook profile page. We did an excellent show last night. We were dropping knowledge. We talked about so many different subjects. It was wild. It was wild. I want to thank Odin for that. And Rev, Rev, something, a couple things that Rev said really, he really got to me. It was really something I had to think about. We were up till one in the morning, Eastern time on the show. We didn't care. We didn't want to stop. It was just so good. It was such a good show. But, uh, yeah, check it out, man. If you like stuff that's not politics, there's even some politics in there. But if you like stuff that's not politics and you want to hear real people talking about real knowledge, this is the place. This is the place. They're, you know, they also have a YouTube channel. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that YouTube channel up and I'm going to show it to you. So you, what you can do is you can go there and you can subscribe and be a part of it, you know, and it you should be. You really should be because they they really know what they're doing and how to and how to uh, they really know how to how to take, you know, they really know how to put things together. You see all these episodes, three hours, four hours, two and a half hours, one and a half hour and 44 minutes i mean guys you can't go wrong there's more information on this website than you know what to do with and then they have all these subsidiary subscriptions you can go to too let's talk about the other media company that we have that they have as well it's called soma fusion soma fusion she is a metaphysicist talking about anything everything she's got you know, as you see, world famous UFO contactee. She's also you also see it's clinical hyp- hypnotherapist and astrophysicist. This is the real stuff. Okay, this is Ed Brock right here. Ed Broderick, sorry. This is the Rev. This is the gentleman last night who actually he had me thinking outside the box. I mean, I, I it was it was wild. It was wild what we were talking about last night. I couldn't get enough of it. You know. So do yourself a favor. Check it out. Check it out. Um, 
Let me go ahead. Let me get you the. Uh, all you have to do is type it in. But I'm going to get you. I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you the uh, YouTube site anyway, so you can go on and you can uh, <clears throat> you can go ahead and follow them as well, right? So go ahead, man. Global Enlightenment Network. Here's the YouTube. Go to the YouTube page. It's phenomenal. There's more. There's more than you know what to do with over there. There's so much going on. We we have so much stuff. So I want to say hi to a couple people in the uh, the comments. What's going on, Eric? We see you. It's good to see you too, brother. Um, David Rucker, audio video looking great. Sound great. Thank you, sir. As you can see, we were interacting with uh, Global Enlightened Network throughout the whole episode. And, uh, you know, it's it's, it, it's a great thing to uh, see everybody coming together. And uh, we're really trying to we're really trying to make this big. So if you know people who are into the same things that you are, go out, tell them all about us, because really, it's uh, it's worth their while. It's worth their while, you know. So. Talk about other things that are going on. Um, it's been wild in New York. This, you know, hopefully we're coming off a lockdown. I don't know if anybody heard, but uh, the CDC has released new numbers. Check it out. It's pretty crazy. I don't really like talking politics on my show, and I won't. But also, we have a Facebook group. You know, hopefully if you go to Full Spectrum Universe, you know, basically what we can do is you can join the group. It's really a place where we uh, delve into information and we try and do an exchange of information with people. What we have been seeing a lot, and I'm not going to lie, is everybody wants to put their stuff up there, their live feeds. And I don't mind doing that, too. But what it comes down to is if you're not interacting with the uh, group itself, what I mean by interacting is if you're not putting up articles or if all you're doing is just sharing your live feed or trying to put your group in there, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to get denied because it that's that's an, that's another part of like a family. We're, we're there to exchange information with each other. And I get it. You know, I want to give a shout out to Sonny. Sonny's been doing a lot, putting articles up there in live feeds. He's doing interviews now. I see you out there, Sonny. Sonny actually calls me the godfather of talk radio. I don't know if I like the moniker, but it fits, right? I mean, look at me. I'm Italian. I'm a decent-looking kid. It is what it is. No, I'm joking. But, you know, basically, if you're going to be a part of that group, please do me a favor and and just – Instead of just liking things, leave a comment, okay? We're three people away from 1,400 members. What that means is that if you do go ahead and put your live feeds out there, you will get views. Trust me. Now, with, with, with this show, what I tend to do is I tend to share it in that group and a bunch of other groups. So... Going back to the people who need advertising or want to get ahead and get more views. I have that group. And now I have another group that's an ancient aliens group. There's 106,000 people in that group. They let me post whatever I want. Think about it. That's hundreds of thousands of people. Okay. And we're also going to be on iHeartRadio. So 
you know, and that's another thing I'm really excited for. They're uh, they actually just on a uh, global enlightenment network. They actually just put most of my uh, live shows that we've done so far. My archive is up there right now. So you can go all to one place and find all these episodes. There's a lot of other playlists on there. You should check it out. Uh, I've heard, you know, I've heard a lot of their shows so far and uh, really it's just, it's a great group of people. We're hungry. And when I tell you that we're going to be the best thing on the internet, it's not even a joke. And I'm not trying to be cocky or confident. I'm just telling it like it is, you know, it's, it really, we're really climbing to the top. And then with the addition of Melinda, it's, the team just gets stronger and stronger. And when I tell you that we look out for each other, we're like family. It's I'm brand new. And I know that already. So imagine the people who've been here for a while. So, like I said, every Tuesday is going to be uh, a two hour show from 6 PM to 8 PM. We're actually going to end probably about four or five minutes early because I know they need time to set up the next show. So it's going to be about an hour and 55 minutes. Uh, if there's something that you, if you have anything you want to talk about, you want to come on the show, drop me a message, drop me a line. Uh, we'll work it out. We'll get you on there. Next time we come on, I'm going to try and get a round table together. We're going to talk about a couple of different subjects. Uh, I'm hope I'm hoping we can get Odin to come on because when me and him start talking about stuff, it gets wild. It gets crazy. Things get out of hand. We, we go off on tangents that have nothing to do with the topic, but it really makes a lot of sense when you think about it. So, you know, I can't stress it enough. I'm also, like I said, Wednesday, we're going to have Melinda on. It's going to be really crazy. Last time she was on the show, I kid you not, she had everybody in the house crying. It, and it was a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing, but it was wild. To see the to see the expression on the people's faces that were in the room with me while I was recording was I can't even describe it. This lady is so good at what she does. She's done three card readings for me. Four. Every time. When I mean it, every time. She's hit the the, the the nail of the head every time. Her hammer is huge. And she swings at it and she hits that nail right on the head. It's crazy. It's crazy. So also, if anybody else wants to join in tomorrow, what we're going to do is we're going to have an hour-long show. And then afterwards, what we're going to do is we're going to bring everybody who got readings, we're going to bring them into the extra subscription side of the service so we can have a big round table. We can have up to 10 people. Right now, we have seven people. Okay? We have two more spots available. I know it says 10, but I have, I'm one of those spots, so it's going to have to only be two more. I'm not counting myself. So if there's anybody else who wants readings, let me know, okay? Let me know because we'll get you in there. And that's right. You know, as you can see, I'm going to put it up there. Laugh out loud. He's so right. We have fun. This is what this is all about, fun. But at the same time, ask yourself, where else can you go, right? That there's like, we have a good time about it, but you're getting a ton of knowledge that isn't mainstream knowledge, okay? We do things from all different angles. We've got religious angles. We've got philosophical angles. We've got metaphysical angles. We've got somebody like me who's, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Oh, I research and research and research. Like this, 
this took me three days to get this stuff together for this episode, but it was worth it because what it is, is I want to bring you guys top quality content. Therefore we have to go over everything and we have to go about it in a militant way. So I have every angle of it, but we do have fun. You know, we do have fun and, and you're going to see that this show is going to get better and better and better. You know, tonight was a little nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie. First time on a new network. You know, things are a little crazy. I want to make sure I do a good job. But hopefully I came out of the gate swinging. And uh, like I was telling everybody yesterday, I'm a phoenix, man. I'm a phoenix. The human torch is cool. But the cosmic phoenix blows it out of the water. That's what I do, bro. That's what I do. Big things. Big things like a phoenix. Like a phoenix. So on that note, we're running. There's only three minutes left till uh, 8 o'clock my time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sign off. Everybody have a great night, okay? Watch out for the episode tomorrow. Watch out for the episode next week. We hope you return. Global Enlightenment Radio Network is the future. All right. We'll see you next time on Full Spectrum Universe.